This is Rolling with Tay Podcast, episode eight, and I'm your host, Tasia, aka Tay. And my guest today is Serena. I met Serena via Facebook a few days before we did the Black Girls Do Bike Century Ride to Brewster, New York. And ever since then, we've been friends. We've gone on some rides together. Nothing like the epic rides she's been going on lately. But uh, yeah, she, we've, we've gone on some cool rides together. But uh, i first like to thank Serena for being a guest on Rolling With Tay podcast. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks again for uh, doing this. Joining me uh, this this morning, even though I'll release it next week, you know, I just want to let you guys know that we are up pretty early doing this interview. <laughs> we are, we are. <laughs> but it's such a it's such an important conversation. I think talking about women and biking and getting us moving, you know, getting us finding ways to to keep releasing our stresses in life. Exactly, I totally agree. Okay, so um, let's get into it. Let's talk about your cycling journey. But first, did you cycle as a kid? Did you ride a bike as a kid? And if you did, do you remember the bike brand that you rode? (laughs) Um, I have no idea the bike brand. It was some old garage sale kind of bike, you know, that surprisingly rolled. Uh, But I mean, as a kid, I... I grew up in the country with a hippie mom. So Mm -hmm. if that means something to you, I did country things. So we did all the things we did like backpacking where you put all your food and tent and, um, you know, the things you're going to sleep on, you go in the wilderness for five days and, and stay out there. I hated it. My mom loved it. Um, but I started to love it too, but we, we did, um, driving cross country. We Mm. did, uh, building houses in the forest, you know, all that hippie stuff, but not, I mean, biking was maybe peripheral mm-hmm. and, but I do know what we did do is, you know, never buy new clothing because mm-hmm. we would always be traveling. That was my mom. Mm. Save our money for travel. And we didn't have a TV. So it just meant that my playground had to be outside. So I, I don't, I didn't bike, but I think it was kind of, foundational for me that the outside is our playground um that the outside is where you kind of explore and enjoy um I do know that because of that my mom has taught me that the unknown is safe Mm. like that beyond the bend beyond those trees it's not dangerous and I know that's like a a core belief that's inside of me um as a as a kid and up until now that's dope that's dope. I, I like your mom's philosophy. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, I remember her talking early on about wanting to bike across Cuba. And that's currently one of my goals. But early on, she'd say these crazy things, bike across Italy. I'm like, mom, biking? What? Um, so I think she planted seeds. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so what got you into cycling as an adult? Yeah, you know, I think I've always cycled, you know, to work uh, five miles uh, there and back. And that was far, you know. And then um, I guess the obsession, and I might call it such, uh, started really in the pandemic. Um, 
I remember a friend lent me his race bike and I was like, what is this creation? I had like this big cruiser bike with the basket and the race bike changed everything for me. Mm. And then September, really September, 2020, I, um, a friend said we had gone up to Cold Spring hiking and he said, you couldn't, you couldn't go to Cold Spring by bike. That's crazy. And I was like, watch me. And uh, (laughs) he didn't know where he'd start. And so imagine like this heavy white cruiser bike with a basket going down 9W. For those who don't know, it's, um, uh, you know, a main road that heads upstate. Um, and there's me with my Google Maps talking to me, dreadlocks flying in the wind, Afrobeat blasting, and all those like skinny Rafa guys in their kits passing me. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, and I, I know they looked at me crazy. I, I could I would look at me crazy now. But, you know, it was the first time I threw myself into the wilderness, like, alone. I made it to Cold Spring. I got lost a thousand times. I killed a chipmunk. Oh, rest in peace. It was a a moment. Um, And I biked my farthest distance, which was 62 miles at that point. And it was like... I did it. And this thing this, that, that I was told I couldn't do, I did. And um, it unleashed this thing inside me, like hard to kind of name, but it was such an adventure. And this is during quarantine. That's the backdrop, right? Like I've been mm-hmm. locked in my house in this prison. And um, then I biked to Cold Spring. And um, I think it just reminded me that I really can get on a bike and go anywhere. Nice. Um, and that awoke the thing. So like you said, like what started it? I think it was that moment of like, wait bike is a vehicle to get me anywhere I want to go mm-hmm. and that was cool that was like oh my gosh and in a time when we're supposed to be you know on lockdown um mm-hmm. it was a, it was a special thing yeah uh bikes can take you places cars can't that's true it's so true we were talking about that the other day like there's just places you can access Mm-hmm. that you wouldn't always be able to buy a car. You wouldn't even fall upon, stumble upon. Yeah. Like where definitely. we met, you know, that South County Trailway or where we did our first century together. Mm-hmm. Like that is just magic. You cannot access by car. Exactly. Like you can't. And I, you, as you know, I interviewed Nadir and he prefers mountain biking over road cycling. Just because he can enjoy the nature more. Mm. And and that's probably right because <laughs> I compared it as, you know, cycling and riding a car. Like things you won't see and things you won't smell. And, and even with the flies flying in your face, the bugs flying in your face, which, you mm. know, I, no one wants. But it's stuff that you, you can't feel or experience riding in a car, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, that wind on your face, you sometimes not knowing exactly where you're going, that uncertainty, um, being outside, um, often in community, you know, we're riding yes. with people mm-hmm. we often mm-hmm. have, you know, some loud playing or some like soca. And mm-hmm. it's just this, um, it checks boxes cycling. Yeah. It's not that it's just a sport. And I know it was me and you, like, it's like, it checks connection, yeah. community, moving our bodies, travel, you know, we both yes. travel and it checks that box. I get to see new things with my eyes and, and that does something to, to me. 
Yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> it's a total vibe. <laughs> it is. <laughs> right? So, people, if you're looking for a vibe, get on the bike. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I mean, I really would say that during this pandemic, uh, cycling revolution has started, particularly among the Black community. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And I was thinking about that the other day. Um, just mm-hmm. this, like, illusion of crews. And it's not a coincidence. I think we all, like, trying to find a way to, like, release and cope and move through our pain and biking. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does that. Uh, just a quick, like, history lesson, right? You know, I do research, genealogy research, and I look up old newspapers, sometimes just randomly looking up random stuff. And so I looked mm-hmm. up black cycling mm. in the 1890s, and there were so many black cycle clubs across the U.S. And yeah. Yes, I'll share some of those documents with you. And it's funny because I did an article about this black cyclist who rode from um, New York to California to raise money for his dad's, to pay for his dad's farm. Mm. And this was in the 1890s. And this guy happened to see it. And he's also been writing about uh, black cycling clubs, but on the West side. So in the Bay Area. And uh, we connected and it's just like, yo, I wonder if people know this. Like, this is so, so right. You're right. It's not a coincidence, but it's happened before. Like, Mm -hmm. and they're doing the same thing. They're riding. They are having social events. Mm -hmm. Um, They're using more than just, you know, the sports. They're using it as a social gathering. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen um, happen like you said, especially over the pandemic. And I'm just like, wow, this is like, it's a resurgence. But a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, in the 1890s, you know, we were all up and through this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like the untold narrative and the untold story. And I love your word, you know, resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. This is not new because that is the narrative I think we hold. Yeah. Not knowing that history, it is a resurgence. We are are reclaiming. Yep. So, yeah, that's really dope. And and I'll share some of the stuff with you so you can take a look at it. Oh, beautiful. But um, so now you do you do your ride to Cold Springs. We do the century ride together. But it's like, I think you want more, right? (laughs) I think you want to take it to the next level. And you have so what what transition you to say you know what yeah this is cool and all but I want to go faster and further Mm. I I think um the athlete in me this this like part of me that went to sleep when I was like 20 Mm. she like woke up (laughs) I played ball all high school and college I was that girl who brings Mm. a ball on the court at 14 Mm. and being like I got next I can't even imagine doing that now (laughs) but like (laughs) I was 17 and uh, this like young age I'd go on the court and 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 call next and play with these guys all day all evening but there was this fierce athlete I was going to the WNBA for sure 
mm-hmm. you know, like there was no doubt. And then she, she went to sleep. I mm-hmm. got into academia. I traveled, I worked, um, I became an adult, whatever that mm-hmm. means. And then like <laughs> she went to sleep. I said she died to a friend and, I, and someone's like, no, she didn't. She went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then biking awoke her. And I think this like desire, like you're saying to push the limit this thing to see what I'm made of, right? I think um, I never got to express her fully. And mm. I always wanted to see like what my body can do. And yeah, hungry, hungry for more. And so um, I just kept biking, you know, just kept biking and trying to push the limit, see new places, experience new things. And um, so I just, you know, what it what it turned into is I just... Uh, in, on Wednesdays, which was my day off, I'd set my alarm for five and then just get up and bike somewhere, choose somewhere on the map and just go. <laughs> mm. And and that's been kind of how I've been operating for a while till I joined Century Plus Crew. And uh, I met some fellow crazy folk who love <laughs> who love pushing the limit too. That is so dope. That is so dope. You... You have this motivation, this discipline. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, you were out there when it was cold. <laughs> I'd have rolled over like, mm, let me check the weather. Mm, nah, I'm going to go back to sleep. But you, you know, you have this discipline. You're like, yo, I want to, I'm going to use my day off to go explore. And I commend you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should say. So it's not like just the, um, the athlete part of me. There's this, I, I think I'm calling it right now, uh, emotional cyclist. I think I'm an mm. emotional cyclist. What that means to me is that I really, uh, cycling's my release valve for strong emotions. Mm-hmm. So I, if you see like a 2 a.m., 40 mile ride you know what it is yeah (laughs) or like I'm imagining um or remembering like many times where I'm feeling a certain way anxious nervous sad a strong emotion and I need to release it and I get on my bike so that's also a huge reason why I biked in winter you know to get out of the house um to like needing to shift my mood Mm -hmm. yeah um I've done that not um not as often as you have, but I definitely have done that. Like, I need to go get on the bike. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling some type of way. And then every time I come back, I'm like, I'm glad I went. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I cleared my mind. Um, like you said, release whatever was inside. <laughs> and now I feel better. And my day usually goes better. So I yeah. agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's no small feat just to touch on like, um, biking, blackness, mental health, mm-hmm. as you know, I'm a therapist, so I'm very invested in ways that we create to release strong emotions, to move through pain mm-hmm. and more than ever, we need that. And, you know, just as I'm thinking about this, I'm remembering when my, the guy I was dating when I first started cycling broke up with me on my bike Mm-hmm. I was riding. I was riding my bike. I'd done one of my, my like a little a little trip somewhere, and I just started cycling, starting to love this thing. And I remember biking past on this country road. I and I'm passing a cemetery, and my phone rings. It's him. I stop the bike, sit down on the curb. He breaks up with me. I cry, mm-hmm. and I ride 
And I'm like, I was going maybe 15 miles an hour. And I go down to like three, six, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm crying mm-hmm. and I'm crying. And um, I share this because we've all had a moment like this, even if we don't say it out loud. Yeah. And I'm crying and I'm in public and I'm a black woman in, in you know, in white space. <laughs> crying mm-hmm. um so people maybe have been watching but i find the stretch of of the road or the route where there's no cars it's just like a path and um and i'm i'm not having to worry about cars or people seeing me and i'm crying and i'm riding and then i slowly start to ride faster and i think this was a pivotal moment it's why i'm being vulnerable and sharing mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. where i start to ride faster so now i'm at 7 miles an hour and then 8 and this, it was like an aha moment where I was like, oh, wow, like this physical movement of my body is mirroring the emotional movement that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to feel better and I'm starting to bike faster. And I left that ride and I had worked through a lot in a short time period. But I share this to say that I think the physical movement sometimes of climbing a hill or of moving our body, of not sitting on the couch eating Ben and Jerry's after a hard time, right? Mm-hmm. But moving our body will actually mirror and create emotional internal movement, um, like a mirror. Damn, that was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but so true. No, that's so true. I, I tell people all the time, you know, it doesn't have to be cycling. It could be something. You know, I also rollerblade. So that's another. Yes, you do. Like, I, I will go out. I'm feeling, I'm feeling in a mood. I'll drive downtown and skate. Mm. It's night. I'm skating. People are like, you out there? Yeah, I'm out. Yes. And I'm really, like I said, and like you said, I'm, I'm mirroring, mirroring how I'm feeling inside, you know? So it, just any type of physical activity I think is really good for our mental health, you know, as often as we can, not only for your physical health, but your mental health. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I could not, you know, agree more like whatever our thing is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you touched on Century Plus Crew. Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly that is and what exactly you guys do on Many weekends. Yeah. Um, we ride uh, a lot. And so Century Plus Crew, or we call it CPC, um, was really founded, was born uh, in October 2020 when we did the Montauk ride. The Montauk mm-hmm. ride that terrified me. My longest ride to date, 150 miles. Um, it was I was terrified the night before, biked from Harlem to Brooklyn at like three in the morning in the rain to start the ride. Um, And this crew was formed out of this Montauk ride. Um, Mm. And it was uh, and is a cycling crew, but really is a family. And so we do two centuries a month uh, and then training rides. Mm -hmm. And so our two centuries a month go many different places we've done philly twice we like philly we've done montauk brewster there and back bear mountain like tarati um and so we do these two centuries a, a, a month and then training rides and training rides or activities are like hill repeats where we're training our legs to hills. Um, cadence where we're working on spinning our legs fast so we can get faster mm-hmm. um, interval trainings jump roping um and 
you know, this crew really checks all my boxes. They've become family. We see each other multiple times a week and um, ride together uh, a lot. So we have open rides, um, Mm -hmm. a a calendar. We're on Instagram and uh, welcome anyone who wants to kind of push themselves. The the crew rides fast and um, they, it's kind of 17 plus, 17 miles an hour plus on but there's mm-hmm. always a faster and slower group than that so it's it pushes you and uh, it's a special special group of people that's that's cool that's cool like i've i've seen some of the rides they're like yeah we're gonna go to philly we're gonna do 100 something miles i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> are we staying in philly after that like how would <laughs> but that mm-hmm. uh, that definitely um i i am i'm gonna ride with you guys one day i don't know when but i am um i'm gonna push myself and you say, are so welcome and say that i roll with y'all check that off my box <laughs> no it's a it's i mean i think what i love about this group of people is is people who are equally hungry for like pushing the limit you know i think there's so many different cycling crews which is beautiful because you yeah. can choose from like yeah. You want to do brunch and turn up and um, then ride, you know, to you want to ride to the beach and just chill out. You want to do evening rides. You want to do protest rides. Um, and I love that because really this point you can look on your calendar on a Saturday and there's five rides to choose from, exactly. you know, or on a Tuesday evening. Be like, oh, which one do I want to do? Do I want to chase sunsets with blood, sweat and gears or mm-hmm. go do uh, sushi um, dinner ride with MBR or um, should I do jump roping tonight with uh, CPC you know but it's a lovely to have that range of choice and community you know yes. it's all friend. it becomes friends and family after a while of riding t- riding and suffering together you know we, <laughs> we go in it together <laughs> you're definitely right after those hills mm. after that long ride you know you've experienced this with the people on your ride. Now you have this, this common commonality. Like, hey, you know, remember that ride? You know, I may not remember that person's <laughs> name, but next time I see them, I'm like, yo, you on that ride where we went? We rode a hundred plus miles. Yeah, I was there. So it that connection right there, and I, and I love that. I may not remember your name, but hey, we were on that <laughs> ride together because you remember that? Yeah, you caught that flat. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, you know. So I really enjoy being able to um, jump on rides with different crews, meet different people, mm-hmm. um, share that community, you know? Exactly. And like you said, that's another important factor in cycling and, and especially in black cycling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. It, it, it checks those boxes, you know, and I think uh, it creates that, the, the time together riding together creates a certain intimacy mm-hmm. and connection that I feel with my cycling you know family that's different than other people in my in my world um there's a bonding that happens <laughs> yeah that happens that's special and needed um someone referred to our crew as a party on wheels and I was like I like that you know mm-hmm. I'll add a party on wheels that, um, you know, also, you know, we're really pushing and, and doing high speeds and a lot of elevation and pushing ourselves. You know, there's times I want to throw in the towel, take the train, but, um, <laughs> but the, the music's playing, you know, the music's yeah. playing. So keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. 
<laughs> so what are a couple of your cycling goals? Let's see. So I have several. Um, mm-hmm. I want to bike across Cuba. Yeah, you said that earlier. Mm-hmm. I do want to bike to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bike uh, around Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. There's a ride do that with car support um and then I want to like get my average speed <laughs> up to like 17 18 uh, mm-hmm. on my rides which is fast and I'm not there so I'm working on my speed um I'm really just trying to keep up with the guys in the front that's always been kind of the goal uh and and do a lot of adventure long distance rides yeah some good goals and mm-hmm. I see you accomplishing them especially getting your speed up. (laughs) We went on that ride to Nyack and you were like, Hey, you had just had a bike accident and you said, Hey, you know, um, I'm a little slow, you know, I hope I can keep up. So I'm like, girl, whatever. Yeah. We're not going to go fast or whatever, man. (laughs) I was trying to keep up with you. And I was like, I thought she said. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I'm like, what the hell? I'm over here trying to keep up with you. I'm like, oh, gosh. And then we see my friend after we cross over the um, the Cuomo, Cuomo Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. And he was like, oh, y'all going to do 9W? And I'm like, no. And then I thought about it. I said, Tasia, what? first of all, what do you have to do right today? Nothing. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. You with your friend, like push yourself. <laughs> and I had never done the loop before, so um, we did it. And I was just, I was so so happy to see uh, the 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 market on nine W. I was so happy to see that market. I you did amazing, girl. Like no, but you were you got me on my bike. I was scared to do nine W. It was my first time on nine W since my accident. Mm-hmm. And no, you you like got me. You motivated me to keep going because I was ready to go back on that trail and get away from the cars. <laughs> oh man, that was yeah, a good ride. Yeah, that was a good ride. That was a good ride, and I'm glad we did it. Me too. I think it was the beginning of a lot of my, like, starting to push myself because I was very scared and fearful at that point. So I appreciate you. Same here, sis. Same here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we're about to wrap up. But you ride with a lot of guys. And... That has... That happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, within this sport, Yes. You know, you're going to ride with a lot of men unless you ride with specific uh, groups that like black girls do bike, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, the Bronx girl bike game. I yeah. hope I said that right. You know, so <laughs> there are a few crews out here are, that are specific for women. But, you know, the much larger groups, you know, that target everyone, there's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. So, um one, do you ever get intimidated um, just riding with them? Like your crew, Century Plus crew, it's the majority of men and it's only a few women that are a part of your crew, right? Mm-hmm. We have more and more women joining, but yes, majority okay. are men. All right, cool. 
Um, but your question, do I get intimidated? Absolutely. Before rides, I remember I remember in particular Montauk and Bear Mountain, Philly. Um, Philly was my first big ride after my accident. Um, terrified. I don't sleep the night before. I'm mm. nauseous. I'm so nervous. And and then, you know, what I do, um, like therapeutically for myself is lean into it and actually mm. talk talk to the anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would, I, I will talk to it and ask it like, what, what is this really about is mm-hmm. a big question I ask myself. And when you can unpack and pull apart the anxiety and, and see what it's made of, it's often things you can concretely solve. If you're worried of getting lost and on the route, get the route, put it on your phone, put it on your, on your Garmin or Wahoo by computer. So mm-hmm. then that decreases that anxiety. If you're worried about shame and ego, let that go. You're going to be dropped. Uh, I was dropped last week. Uh, I'm dropped regularly because I like to have people faster than me. So yeah. So get used to being dropped if you're trying to improve your cycling game. And so that that's everyone does. Everyone gets dropped. Um, and so leaning into the anxiety, asking it questions and talking to it uh, helps me. I think riding with people faster than you is definitely a, a rule for me and a, is a good rule for everyone to push ourselves. So mm-hmm. I know. I just think of it that way a bit. <laughs> and the guys, you know, find the right guys. Um, so if we're talking, you know, if I'm kind of giving tips to women, mm-hmm. like find the right guys. Like some guys are not there to be supportive. And, you know, fortunately I've found a very wonderful crew of, of men who are really trying to get women to cycle, to get faster, to be stronger, to be brave, you know, and supporting us in a non mansplaining way <laughs> and like uh let's do this girl like i just i'll just briefly share there is one human um in my crew Devante. he i had to lead a ride well they they pushed me to lead a ride um and i co-led it with Devante, one of the century plus crew members and he knew i was really nervous and he actually like curated and created all these songs mm-hmm to play because we led the rides we're at the front and he always plays the best music and he played all my favorite songs like some old school hip-hop some village we had a tribe called quest and he was just playing songs i knew and he got me singing while i'm leading a ride and my anxiety just decreased and um yeah. i just like that that's the kind of humans we need to be around the men we need to be around who like are supporting you to be yes. you know yes. and so choose them carefully because they're not not all, all, all supportive, but there's so many good people out there who want you to, you to get stronger. And I, I'll just add, you know, in terms of advice to other women, like, do you, mm-hmm. um, ride your ride. And, um, I find really finding a crew of other, like men or women who want to ride, like the way I want to ride is really important. Like a little family. Cause that motivates you. You set a weekly ride. Okay. Wednesday mornings, I ride. Um, or Thursday afternoon. Um, and then thinking about the kinds of rides you want to do and just finding them yes. um, is key in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I second that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much again for being a guest on Rolling with Tay podcast. Uh, any final words? before we break out this piece? Um, yeah, just I think that we all have our pulls into things that make us feel good and we need to find them and do them, right? 
so I, I, I'm honored to have been on your podcast and fully support, you know, <laughs> what you do, having these conversations with people, um, who are active and who are, who are kind of trying to figure out how to live their best life, you know, or how to, how we feel full. Like, yeah. I think that's what I really appreciate about your podcast is just, um, living our truth. And I think we're all on that journey to finding it. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> and yeah, um, folks, just get out there. I'm suggesting you get on a bike or some skates, but you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever's your fancy. Uh, yeah. So this has been Rolling With Tay Podcast, Episode 8. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay. And I'll see you on the next one.